government has also announced that there will be a referendum held in November, which will look at the opportunity to enshrine equality in terms of caring in the home, so that uh, all those who care in the home, that their uh, services will be recognised irrespective of their gender. So the wording, the proposal, the work that needs to be done, all of that will happen in the next short while. But it is about enshrining equality for those who care within the home. There you go. That is the Minister for Education, Norma Foley, Kerry TD, as well, of course, speaking yesterday in relation to the announcement made by the government to bring through a referendum changing the wording in the Constitution about a woman's place in the home and replacing it with a view on the value of caring and caring in our society. With me on the line to talk about that and other issues as he's in Kerry this morning is Senator Dr. Tom Clonan. Good morning to you and thanks very much for talking to us in the programme, Tom. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Not too bad. You're going to be speaking to nurses and social care students, to people who are going to be going to the caring profession at MTU in Kerry later on today. Before I ask you what you're going to be talking to them about, what's your view on, on that referendum that's coming our way in November now, looking to replace, obviously, the sexist wording in relation to women's place in the home in our constitution, but also placing a value in the constitution on the, the value and worth of caring in our society? Okay, so I'll address those two issues, but I just want to start by saying that my grandmother is from Calorglan, and uh, back in the 70s, I spent every summer in, in Kerry, and we were down in Puck Fair for the, the, the gathering, the meeting, and the scattering. I know that some of your listeners will know what that means. Um, so I just wanted to put my Kerry credentials straight on the line. Very good, very good. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm here for Munster uh, Technological University, Kerry, the Kerry campus, with uh, Pat McGarty and Anna Maria Green, Greeny to talk to their uh, <coughs> social care and nursing students. It's a professional ethics mo- module and I suppose that, that feeds into the referendum that we'll have in November and, and the Taoiseach says we'll have uh, the full wording as recommended by the Citizens Assen- Assembly on Gender Equality uh, by June and, and I welcome the, the, the gendering of care that we have in the constitution at the moment that, that refers explicitly to a woman in the home because uh, my, I'm a carer and, and like hundreds of thousands of carers out there the, the majority of them are female but there are a lot of men who care as well and a lot of uh, children also uh, we we had uh, young carers into the Senate, I, I hosted um, the Irish Family Carers on Tuesday morning, we had young carers, young young teenage boys who care for uh, siblings on the death of a parent or, you know, somebody becomes seriously ill or with a disability in the family. So it's, it, it, it needs to be recognised and valued. And actually, Jerry, we're the only uh, country in the European Union where there is no legal obligation, <laughs> excuse me, where there's no legal obligation on the state to, to provide care or support for carers or, or personal assistance. And Everybody listening will, will be aware of that. You know, if you have elderly parents who would like to be at home uh, and, and live with a bit of dignity, uh, but they can't because they can't get a care package, um, or they have the care package but can't get a carer, and and these all revolve around this constitutional recognition, but also a, a recognition in law that is in every other European Union state for the the rights of persons to have treatment therapy care and and those kind of supports yeah is that the crucial thing here we may well have a referendum we may enshrine something in our constitution but if you don't back it up with real concrete resources and supports and 
choice for people who want to choose their care and support for those who do go caring in terms of either money or their work-life balance or whatever it is with a respite being a key one that we're continually failing on it won't mean much will it no i mean it's it's a step in the right direction but Jerry, unfortunately like I, I know as a parent to an adult son who has uh, a, a neuromuscular disease a very a very serious illness and he he's a wheelchair user he's partially sighted and that's something we've been living with now as a family for 20 years and i can tell you God help you in Ireland if you get sick or if you're disabled or and we all will uh, Jerry yourself myself God, God, hopefully not today or tomorrow but we all will become disabled to one extent or another and you'll need help and supports things like physio occupational therapy maybe a bit of speech and language therapy after a stroke or after a fall or an acquired brain injury or just you know being being older and frailer and you want to live with dignity in your home and that's possible if we have those supports, but we don't have them in Ireland, um, and you know, our, as as you're, you're aware, uh, disability services for children, you know, we've tens of thousands of children on waiting lists, not even for therapy, but just to have an assessment of needs. So it's it's completely dysfunctional. And I got an admission from Paul Reid, the the former chief executive of the HSE, last year, in 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 committee in in the, in the House of Eurotus. It got an admission on the record that they had failed. We've also failed in our child, adult and mental health services, uh, adolescent mental health services. And I know that's a particular issue for, yeah, for Kerry. Indeed. Um, but that's also a nationwide issue. And these all revolve around the unwillingness of the HSE and the Department of Health to actually do what it says in the tin and provide rational, coherent services. And so the only way to get them to do, I mean, failing all of the campaigning we've been doing and all of the parents out there and they're outside the gates of Leinster House and they're all the wonderful parents of kids with autism and everything, it just, those protests aren't working because the situation is actually getting worse. Yeah. So the only thing we can do really is is create a legal obligation on the state you know, put their feet to the fire and make the state and its yeah. agencies would you uh, actually do do, do, do something, do enough and would you acknowledge though the huge amounts and the unprecedented amount of funding that's been put into our health service in the last number of years or is that more frustrating yeah, because we, of the management of our Oh health? yeah, well the, the, fun, the funding is there but I would say to your listeners what's it been spent on? Um, look, so for example I have a family member who's who's a hospital doctor, okay and she has no office and eats her lunch in the car. I know because I hoover it out <laughs> every week. <laughs> she she had no uh, has no office. Has to go out to the car and try and find a signal to send emails. But she has ten or twelve managers who have not just offices but office suites. The new, with, the new CEO, know, the, the new CEO of the health service yesterday said the HSC is top heavy. Though I've news for him, I can tell you it's top heavy, and middle management is also top heavy because I've been listening to people telling those stories for the last fifteen years too, or last twenty years too. Yeah. Too many managers, Look, not line, enough Jerry. workers. Bottom line, Jerry, in 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 the community network teams for children with disabilities across the country, there are there are almost a thousand. A thousand vacancies for occupational therapists, speech therapists, physios, um, a thousand vacancies. There's almost a thousand vacancies for hospital consultants all across the country. Why is that? Why are they all going to Canada and Australia? So, so and who's, who's fault is it, Tom? Is it, is it the, the, the government? H is, it, is it the HSE? Is it administration? HSE, HSE management 
Uh, it's a toxic workplace culture. Our family has intimate experience of the bullying that goes on, the casual routine bullying that goes on in the HSE. And also, I would ask questions... Not all of the HSE, no. I'd imagine, I'd imagine there are individual instances, in fairness, Tom. Like, uh, well, there for, have been surveys that show... No, there, there was a survey actually commissioned by the HSE itself, which shows an extraordinarily high number of staff at all levels experience bullying in the workplace on a routine level. And, you know, you can check that out. If, if anybody does a quick Google, you'll see it. But, look, well, I would also ask questions of the Secretary-General of our Department of Health, uh, one of the most highly paid civil servants, if not the most highly paid civil servant in the state. You know, wh- wh- where's the delivery? Like, our services are in failure. We, we have lived experience of it. Um, and our young medics and our clinicians are voting with their feet. They're leaving. They're going to other jurisdictions. They're about to impose a contract on doctors. I mean, this is like, you know, lesson 101 and how to bring people with you. You don't impose things on people. Yeah. <clears throat> Do they really think that all the doctors out in Australia are going to come racing yeah. home when they hear that a contract And, and there are concerning numbers this them? morning of, of the lack or the, the drop of 11, 10% in, in people applying for doctors, courses and applying for nurses as well. Let me ask this, Tom. There, there, there are issues in the HSE. Now, again, I've spoken to nurses and doctors and others about this. There are, there are interest groups. There is, there is a reticence to change amongst some, uh, amongst many perhaps. Is that part of the problem? Because you have, you have ministers for health who come in and they're under pressure straight away. They're there for three, four, maybe five years at the most. And very often they're waited out by people. Waited out. And there's resistance to change, the, the sort of change that of needs course, to happen we'll, that'll we'll, be uncomfortable we'll be, be, for people. Yeah, we live, we live in a democracy and all of the clinical specialists, they all have uh, representative groups and trade unions. And that's as it should We're be. very good at arguing and their I, case and very good at debating and sometimes very good at delaying so, change. And rightly so. And, and you know what, Terry? If they were listened to, because they're the experts, if we had a medically-led health service, we we would have a, an effective and functional health service. But what we have is managerialism writ large, and we have a health service that's being run by managers, sure. not clinicians, who don't who try to work on a business model that doesn't fit. Like health is a social good; it's not a commodity. Yeah. And we've had twenty years of this philosophical or ideological way of trying to run health as, as some sort and, of a and business. And it's That's not, not, it's not working, it. yeah. Final brief, brief, very no, brief so point. Does it give you confidence? Listen, does it give you confidence, doctors, Tom? Listen to nurses. Yeah. Does it Pardon? give you confidence, Bernard Loster, the new CEO, saying that, we're top-heavy? Does it give you confidence that at least he recognises there's a problem? And maybe we'll see some oh, fixing. Of course, and he's just started in the job, and I wish him the very, very best of luck. And I know he, he has every intention to try and do it. And, you know, Jerry, like, it's, it's not all negative. Like, we, the, the first part of solving a problem is admitting that you have one. Yeah. And, and we have had an admission from the previous and now this new CEO that there are problems. And other parts of Irish society have been transformed for the better. And I've no doubt that our health service will eventually turn around and will overcome this crisis. But in okay. the meantime... Like, if, if you want to yeah. get rid of waiting lists, if you want to have better health outcomes, the first thing you need is the actual doctors, nurses, clinical specialists, therapists to actually to do with the all work. Yeah. And, and you've got and to attract them in. Like, you have to ask yourself, why do they want to work in Australia or yeah. Canada or the UK? Yeah. It's because they're treated aren't better. Right here. Okay, Tom, we're over time, but thanks a million for talking to us. Good luck with the talk today. Guest lecture, 1pm this Thursday at North Campus.